And there came a day, a day unlike... Wait, no, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks and... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsi, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 120 of Panelology. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. And I'm Brian. 120? 120. Holy God. Yeah, time <laughs> flies, huh? It does. It feels like I haven't been here in 100 episodes, which would be about right. No. No, nope, not in no, any you... conceivable timeline. <laughs> no. Well, maybe some conceivable timeline. Not in any conceivable measure of time in this timeline. It's, it's been a while. Yes, it's been yes. 20 episodes. Is that it? You are yeah. on the 100th. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Feels feels longer. I'm I'm a little nervous. Should I be singing? Is No. No. I we did don't really do that here anymore at all, period. Oh. I did consider introducing myself this week with I am the A L E X A N D E R. We are podcasting cuz guess what I saw this week? You saw Hamilton. I did. And it you was saw very Hamilton good. in New York City, Hamilton. I did. So it was excellent. It, that's that's it. That's the full Alex review. Was it? Did it well, live like, up to your expectations? Yes, which is actually 100% the way that I've been phrasing it, because I've been thinking about this show since 2009 when we got the very first bit of it. So the fact that it did not let me down... That's impressive. Is impressive. And it's surprising. I mean, there were still moments that were surprising to me that I didn't know about yet. The dance was amazing, and that's something I have no... Like, I'm not a choreographer. I have no mm -hmm. conception of staging. I mean, loose, but normally it involves <laughs> juggling brooms. Sounds like a Quidditch reference, but I don't know. No, I literally have made people juggle brooms on stage before with oh. each other. Everybody ought to have a maid. A funny thing happened on the way to the forum. Okay. Yep. Um, they all hated me for it and probably still do. Hi, Adam. Um... <laughs> <laughs> but that's a rare thing to have something live up. I mean, you probably listened to the what? This is the first time seeing it, right? First time seeing it. And you I listened to the soundtrack to for it. two years, three years? Uh, Three years. It, it just... Turned the show just turned three. The soundtrack right. will been out three years in September. Right. Um, James Monroe Iglehart, who originated the Genie and Aladdin on Broadway, oh. was in it, and he was absolutely really? fantastic. Ooh, that's a booming voice. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, a booming, booming. He was voice. Jefferson and Lafayette, and for a big old dude, he is fast and fleet. On, I mean, for anyone, he's fast and fleet on his feet. But seeing a big old dude, and I say this is a big dude. Uh, if not vertically, horizontally, um, is like, super impressive. Wow. I also saw the band's visit, which is amazing in completely different ways, and Katrina Link should be Catwoman. Uh, well, yeah. That, that'll never happen, but... Oh, it should. <laughs> It'll never happen. It'll have to be a big name. She looks like That's she just... That's why we've had Michelle Pfeiffer and Halle Berry as Catwoman. Yeah, but she looks like she just stepped out of one of Joelle Jones. Like, moves like, behaves like she just stepped out of Jaeger? one of Joelle Jones' issues. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Good for you. We so, were happy for you. I was like, oh my indeed. god, I'm like happy, nervous for you. <laughs> <laughs> it was like me walking into The Last Jedi, and then that was a different story. <laughs> but it's grown on you. It has grown well, on me. It's grown to a warm middle. 
for which anything. is better than any of us who might have installed Twitter filters so we never had to hear or <laughs> Facebook filters so we never had to hear you talk about it again ever expected. <laughs> listen, 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 Linda, listen, Linda. The no, only, I don't have to. I put in a filter. It was the, great. The, the, <laughs> the biggest thing I'll have to say about The Last Jedi, and then we'll never talk about it again, is when we watched Mission Impossible, we watched it this past, this week. Yeah. Yeah, we saw it Thursday. And it was good. It was a good end cap to, this, to the series. It had some implausible moments, to say the least. But it, it was a fun show. Yeah. Except Rion is friends with Christopher McQuarrie, who... His name is Ryan. His name is Ryan. Well, okay, Ryan... Who's, who's friends with the writer-director of Mission Impossible, yes. went on to praise it and go see this movie. It's a masterpiece. Awesome. And then I, and then when we're driving home from the theater, I'm like, how can he, in one you know turn, say, this is beautiful, and this movie had like nods back to the first Mission Impossible movie? Yeah. I was like, well, that's weird. He didn't take Mission Impossible and turning it into his own thing, ignoring everything that came before it. I said, so, but I bit my tongue, except for... The last minute now. or so. It's fine. I'm biting my tongue too and just moving on. Uh, speaking of things in the past. Speaking of things from the past that I am terrified to ask Mike to talk about. <laughs> Sandman Universe number one. Hey. Your, your new status as our Sandman correspondent. Sandman and Watchmen anytime. This is Michael Haynes reporting from Sandman headquarters. Um, story by Neil Gaiman. Yes. Written by this was kind of like the issue that introduced the next the other five books or is it yes. four books, five books. This is kind of a format that I think is more common at Marvel right now where you have a framing sequence and then short like four or five page introductions to individual books. Which also leads into my conspiracy corner because they're doing it like a Marvel book now. Oh, I've got some fodder for your conspiracy Ooh, corner. Goody, it's a follow goody, up goody. to something else we've talked about. Oh, okay. No. Anyway. Um, just keep your Marvel out of my vertigo. You could Taint DC all you want, but keep it out of vertigo. You, you said, said taint. taint. I know. I did it on purpose. Uh, it's amazing how quickly we revert whenever Mike's on the show. I know. You're welcome. And I've been like, I haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Um, the framing sequence is the team who's working on The Dreaming, which is Cy Spurrier and Bill Quievely. It's, it's good. Yeah. Like, I didn't... Uh, wretch, I didn't do any of that. It's like, okay, this is David Gilmore when he came out with a Pink Floyd uh -huh. without Roger Waters. And Roger Waters was very famous for saying, it's a really good imitation of Pink Floyd. And so this Sandman, to me, is a really good imitation. It, you can't be Neil Gaiman. There's no. only one Neil Gaiman. Sure. Pretty, pretty good effort here, though. Yeah. I, I enjoyed the dreaming sequences. Wonderful to see people come back that I hadn't seen in a long yeah. time. And what? Well, and I like a lot of Cy Spurrier stuff. I forgot stuff. to breathe before I started talking, so I almost passed out. While yeah. I was <laughs> you started turning red, and I was like, oh, no. I can't breathe through my nose, so I have to breathe and talk through the one orifice. <laughs> the the <laughs> Bill Quay Evely art is, I think, the thing that makes me the most happy in this. Is that, did, did the artist the for the dreaming sequence. It was the most on point. It was like, you reminded me of, not the early runs of Sam Ann, but I guess... God, who did a, a game of you? I can't off the yeah. top of my head. But it reminded me of Sandman art that yeah. I'm used to, so it was good. Daniel's outfit leaves me a little wanting at the end, but... Yeah, but I think we're... I mean, we're not supposed to know what's going on there. No, but it's very reminiscent of Sandman. It is. that, you know, death was captured... <laughs> we don't do spoilers for a 30-year-old comic, right? No, 
but I mean, you I'm haven't closed my Man. ears. Yeah. No, no, I won't, I won't get that far. I'm just <laughs> the, the, the intro of the original Sandman was that death had been captured, right? Um, but then through him collecting all his stuff, he wasn't quite sure if he wanted to go back doing it after all that time. Yeah, and now you have Daniel here in this book who's left the dreaming. The dreaming is starting to decay again, just like it did in the original Sandman. And Daniel's on the streets, and he's just got this ridiculous outfit on. I can't yeah. get past the outfit. So I, hope, I hope it changes. <laughs> well, I'm used to seeing him in the robes. And he stuff reads like that, very so. young. He reads like he's much younger than he did, say, in in obviously in Sandman, but also even right. in uh, Metal. Yeah, I didn't read that. Oh, he showed up in Metal. I think I read. I showed you. You showed me the panel with Daniel yeah. in it. And I was like, no, but <laughs> it's just not my thing. But uh, when does this take place? I mean, is this after, is this 30 years? And I don't know, dreaming time and real time. Honestly, I don't really know because I feel like whenever we talk about timelines in comics, it comes back to me talking about the beginning of the New 52. Yeah. But essentially at that point, they tried to fold all this Vertigo stuff that was never really in continuity. Into. into continuity and changed main continuity's timeline. So, mm. fuck if anyone actually knows. Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, we'll find out. And then the next story they introduced was Books of Magic. Books of Magic, which is again a gaming property. He wrote yeah. Books of Magic. I mean, there's been other Books of Magic yeah. after him, but that that seemed very familiar to whoever's writing that. Who's Doctor Rose? I recognize her well, from something. See. Some of this I was like kind of glancing to the side going, oh, I can't talk about it with Jen because <laughs> Rose is a is a central character in Sandman. Remember, Rose is the vortex, the dream vortex in Sandman. The young girl with the red hair who is visiting her grandmother in the asylum. Not the asylum, but the, I guess, old folks home. Uh, her grandmother. Huh? Am I? I'm not sure That's I'm there a- yet. Are you really? Really? Because I'm there. She remembers. Okay. It's when no, nobody if was. If you're there, then I'm there. Yeah, you, you were there because this is when he's go- Morpheus is going back and nobody's been. They have these oh, people this who was aren't in awake. the very beginning. Yeah, these people, okay. the people who aren't awake. Yeah. And then Rose visits and she's a vortex and it threatens to kill the dreaming and Morpheus has to go kill Rose, but he decides not to. Instead, he lets her live, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So having somebody called Dr. Rose, but is in Hunter and clearly is. Not a nice person. No. Um, it's intriguing. So I'm cool. like, okay, cocked eyebrow. Yeah. Well done. Well done. <laughs> then we have House of Secrets. House of Whispers. House of Whispers. Yes. It's not House of Secrets or House of... Mystery. Mystery. It's yeah. House of Whispers. So... Yeah, I knew I had it wrong, but I couldn't remember the right one, so I was just feeding you. That that one yeah. that one's interesting, too. I mean, you didn't get really a, enough of that to know what that one's going to be about. But... No, but I'm, I'm interested. It's mm-hmm. definitely... They say the F words. I'm very happy. Yeah. <laughs> and he kills his brother, you know, Cain and Abel. Yeah. They do their little shtick. So I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> it's like Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then we have Lucifer. Yeah. And that one to me was probably the one that did the least for me. We are, I, maybe I should go away from. 20 more episodes because yeah, we're on the same page there. It read like that's, I kept waiting for Etrigan to pop out of Lucifer. Cause I was like, that's not how Lucifer talks. Did this person again, understanding there was a whole run of Lucifer in which I did well, not read. And I mean, I'll, 
I'll let just like the dialogue itself slide because it's she's wearing her Lucifer shirt. Uh, (laughs) Different Lucifer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll let that slide because the whole conceit in that story is this crow, this dead crow is telling the story of what happened. So I assume it's just in the crow's voice mostly. Hopefully. Although, yeah, yeah, the crows were some of my favorite parts of the original Sandman and Matthew especially. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know that it just that voice Lucifer's voice in that book it maybe that's the device and that's great yeah it just didn't ring true, and the uh, I guess there's a baddie that has Lucifer trapped yeah and, and that which is again kind of reflecting on the original Sandman yeah that so. that was actually my thought was th- that's the thing that reminded me the most of the original Sandman was simply because that's that starting point yeah what happens when Lucifer is trapped? yeah. And I've read two-thirds of the Lucifer run that precedes this. Okay. So, like, them talking about him having a son and forsaking this, and, like, I found out he has a son. I've not <laughs> made it to that forsaking. Yeah, no clue. Uh, uh, that's when my Supernatural and uh, Lucifer timelines mixed. I was like, well, of course Lucifer has a son. We've been watching for two seasons. Oh, that's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, You're adorable. I also just try to read it in, in Tom. Uh, Tom Hawk. I went Holland, but it's obviously yeah, not Tom Holland. Nope. Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis's <laughs> voice. Just anymore. That's how I want to read Lucifer. Right. So go read this dialogue and you'd be like, no, it doesn't yeah. it doesn't work. So, you know, whatever. I'm going to yeah. devour all of these books. Oh, absolutely. So it doesn't matter until I'm not devouring them. But I think the Lucifer piece, for me, maybe misses the mark the most because it is less an introduction and more a... Let me fill in some gaps between these two arcs. Sure. It's just, it feels more expository than introductory and more like it's doing its homework and moving its pieces. And I think beyond that, once, if the book itself is moved, moves past that because I had these five pages, yeah. then awesome. Totally worth it. Now, but when it says story by Neil, does that mean he has plotted out all of these books or is it just this is the Neil's bridging the gap between what he did and what these people are about to do? I'm going to guess it is. And this is 100 percent guess. I'm going to guess it is a very broad DC approached Neil and said, hey, we'd like to do this. We would like your blessing. And maybe if you have some ideas, we would love to talk to you and, you know, build off of those. I don't think he's like Gerard way overseeing an imprint. Yeah. I don't don't think he's writing huge story beats for everyone. I think if anything, I don't even think it's probably like the Jeff Johns rebirth. Everyone sits down in a room and talks to him thing. I think it's probably just some very loose. Well, they had at least a photo session. Yeah. (laughs) And the reason I say that is just because his schedule has been, so busy with good omens derailing everything in his life to hear him talk about it. Well, that was his promise to Terry Pratchett, yeah. right? To do that. And American Gods. And American Gods. Um, and running around every airport in the world yeah. signing copies of Norse <laughs> mythology. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I mean, he's talked about wanting to get back to writing. He's supposed to have Miracle Man coming back soon at Marvel. <laughs> I'll be back for that episode, yeah. too, by the way. So um, I'm very excited about that. <laughs> So I I just don't see him being super super involved. No, I, in I don't either. So I'm intrigued, but yeah, we'll see. It was a nice intro. His intro to this was uh, talking about returning to Overture. Uh, what five years ago? Has it been five? Twenty mm. fifth anniversary? Is it is it older than that? 
It's not older than that. It's maybe not even quite that. It's it's probably right around five. Okay. So to hear him talk lovingly about it instead yeah. of, you know, like, oh. And knowing just in the right as a writer, once you start thinking about these things, I'm just curious if guest episode by Neil Gaiman coming back, you know, every once in a while you're going to think Neil's going to want to tell his story in yeah. one of these universes he's created. So. Well, and they're never going to say no to him doing oh, it. Oh, yeah, God, no. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, it'll be the single biggest issue. And I think, like, the thing I like is they're doing this with his blessing. He's talked about, you know, Warner Brothers could turn around and make a movie and never consult him, but they don't understand it well enough to do that. Right. And DC always checks in, even though right. they don't have to. Right. So, well. whatever the relationship is right now between him and this imprint or whatever, it sounds positive. I think so, too. Now go finish Sandman, Jen. And Alex. Yes. And Alex. I didn't want to read it because I wasn't sure if it would spoil shit for me. So no, do no. you think that I can read it? I absolutely think you can read this. Okay, so you know Daniel I, knowing, is. Yeah. That's yeah. the only spoiler really for the whole series is that. I mean, because I've read it, I know what they're talking about. You're not going to know what they're talking about. It's also not going to ruin anything for okay. you. Okay. I think you're fine reading this. Cool. I think this is a great jumping on point. Or I can just go fucking... Finish Sandman, but there's absolutely no reason to not have finished Sandman because well, even you're though that first, it, you're out of it, that's why yeah. the first trade is <laughs> that top. and um, we read so fucking many books. No, I get it, I get it, I get it. But this is it's for beach trips and stuff like yes. that. Yes, so. yeah. but uh, where a lot of people struggle with the first trade of Sandman just because it, it was more of a nod to EC horror books. Um, it becomes something else immediately after that trade. It and then, does, but I love it so much. Yeah, that anybody... first trade is yeah. still probably my favorite. Really? Yeah. Oh, see, it's it's, it's a, so good. It's fun to visit. I like the like the cafe where you know where he takes on a dream. D D D yeah. D because he D has his uh, gemstone. Whatever. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I would spend a whole episode talking about it. But <laughs> uh, but after that, then you get to things like a game of you, which is my favorite, probably my overall favorite season. A miss, and then uh, mm-hmm. oh, world's end is okay. But uh, I'm blanking on the on the other one that I just love. Oh, a Doll's House. Doll's yeah. House yeah, is Doll's fantastic. House is great. So. You're close. You're very close to the end, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I powered through so fucking many. I read the whole first fucking omnibus in like a weekend. Oh, yeah. I've read either four or six. I forget how far in I actually got. You're very close. During... There, I mean, there's not a huge amount. I think I have three trades left. You can skip left. the singles, although I would never do that. But I mean, they're all co- The additions I have, they're all collected in. Right sequential no mine i think we maybe talked about the software was the latest the last edition they printed has some stuff not sequentially to like issue number but like the most reader friendly order oh well and like some of the one shots i think got collected together in a single trade and well that's fine yeah interesting i would never but that's yeah. The one thing I'm a purist about. So. But I also don't <laughs> think me sitting through reading lists of numbers is going to be super interesting. Nope. No. Nope. Probably not. Is it in a spreadsheet? Uh, it's in an entire database. Mm. Mm, okay, so we'll skip that. It's yeah. already not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I'm going to go Thank play you for being had. No Man's Sky. <laughs> Bye, baby. Bye. Mute. I didn't sing once. Thank God. I mean, I love you. You have a beautiful voice. I could sing songs from the Broadway musical once. No. 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 Okay. In which case, let's talk about Exiles. Yeah. 
So I got totally caught up on this book. <laughs> um, I gotta say, toward the end of the last arc, I wasn't feeling it. It was weird for no reason. And also, I didn't like that it was Kang. Like, I knew it was gonna be. Yeah. I knew it was gonna be. But I wanted it to be some, and, and it couldn't have been something bigger. Yeah. I get that, but I wanted it to be something bigger. Well, the first arc is is so very much in basically every way not what I expected it to be. Yeah. That I like it. I like this book a lot. It there are certain moments throughout it, and I don't like. I didn't bump into Kang being the villain because you've got Iron Lad on there, and I think it. Yeah. Yeah. But there have definitely been moments through here where I'm like, okay, this is not the book I expected it to be. This is, in a lot of ways, like nodding to maybe historical moments in comics that I don't love in the first place. Right. And I think it does that well. And for me, there's just some homework, some mental homework of divorcing reading this from not liking some of the tropes that it's yeah. calling back to. And I don't think any of them are like toxic, you know, women in fridges type tropes. Yeah, thank goodness. But they're just older storytelling styles. Right. Um, and it did try and like bump against the tropes so hard that like these people are all very fucking good people. Mm -hmm. Period. They are friends so fast that it was almost unbelievable. There was no distrust. There was no, well, maybe we should chill for two seconds. It was, it was straight up zero to fuck you. I love you. You're my best friend. Fuck this. We're going to do it. You got a little of that from Khan. A little bit, yeah. But but then between Wolfie can and can I talk and, about it because it was last issue, not this issue. Well, let me just say first between <laughs> Wolfie and Valkyrie, I don't know how anyone isn't chill in that group. I yeah, yeah. One of the two of them is going to calm anyone the fuck down. True. Well, no, Wolfie would stress me the fuck out. I said one of the two. <laughs> yeah, but then Valkyrie. Yeah. Yeah. The minute Val took you drinking and hitting on people. Yeah. That you'd be best, best friends. Best friends forever. For life. Yeah. Every time she would see Bucky. Well, whatever. Whoever, Becky. Becky Barnes. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. pretty great. Um, Tessa Thompson, if you're listening, come guest on the show one week. Yeah. Please, let's talk about Valkyrie together. Yeah. And how she's the best, period. That one's probably not going to get secreted into the world. I doubt Tessa <laughs> probably Thompson not. actually listens to probably, us. Well, I seriously fucking doubt it. Um, but maybe. It would be amazing. But maybe. Yeah. Um, if anybody knows Tessa Thompson, tell her that we're looking for a guest spurt. Yeah. Or just, you know, new best friends. <laughs> new best friends, <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you wanted to say something that oh, was last Well, issue. yeah, they fucking... They kill the one person who, I mean, she's not logical, period. She has issues, don't get me wrong. But the one person who's like, maybe this is fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> calm, calm down. We're not best friends yet. I can't possibly believe she's actually dead. Yeah. I mean, maybe not, but. There's too knows? much cosmic flux involved, True. I think, for her to be dead. I think eventually she's going to come back. And feel abandoned and there be baggage or get like heroic entrance and then be like, you motherfuckers. <laughs> you literally left me. You literally left me. You're friends with Morph. You should know you don't just assume people are dead. Right. 
<laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. You want to talk about this issue? Yeah, let's talk about this issue. They go into the Old West. Well, first... Well, a version of the Old first West. First, they're, they're in the Bahamas. Yeah, that's true. They decide to have a beach trip where, unlike anybody else on the planet, they don't just sit on the beach. They help rebuild the Bahamas. Yeah. <laughs> because, of course, they do. Because yeah. these are the most perfect people on the face of the planet, I guess. Any planet. Yeah. Any existence. They're the nicest, period. Which, I mean, that's pretty awesome. I would do that on vacation, yeah. honestly. But Well, the car... Carbo loads. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. But I gotta say, I think I could rival his love of Johnny Cakes. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. Can you explain to me what a Johnny Cake is? Yeah. It, it's delicious dough yumminess. I don't know. Okay. Like, hold on. I'll I'll send you like a recipe. All right. If I find my phone. We can soon. we can handle that off. Yeah. 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 I'll just make some. I'll just make some. Okay. Um. Yeah, they're good. They're wonderful and amazing. Cool. I'm just not familiar with them. Like, I've heard of them. I just don't actually think I've ever seen one in the wild. No, probably not. I mean, we don't have a big, like, Bahamian culture here. We don't have a big... Fair. Yeah. Yeah. So they're in the Bahamas. They're hanging out, having a good time, rebuilding, discussing the future. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, Blink finds out that her... Figures out her teammates are alive, and that everyone needs to go find them, or well, everyone decides to help her go, to find, go them. find them. Yeah. yeah, and then everybody's like, "Fuck you! You're yeah. not going alone. We're a team." And then they end up in the wild, wild west. Yes, it's some kind of weird mooshing of worlds. Yeah. Like they think that it might be an accident of of all the worlds coming back. Yeah, that things all the are realities out of coming back. Right. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you what. I want to play in this world so hard. Well, you know what this book started as? <laughs> Originally, when Saladin Ahmed pitched this to Marvel, he pitched it as a what-if series. Nice. And they're like, well, that doesn't sell. Ironically, we've got a bunch of what-if one-shots coming out in October now. But why don't you do an Exiles book and use some of the same ideas? So I think that's probably where like some of these ideas are coming from. The mm-hmm. Brotherhood of Mutants as Wild West Desperados holding this town hostage. Right. And then we meet the king. People call him the king, but his real name is T'Challa. Yeah, yeah. That was... I didn't expect that. I only did because I knew from Saladin Ahmed on Twitter that it was coming. Mm. But, oh, it was so good anyway. Right. Yeah. All right. This was good. This was, it was a very good issue. Very good. I picked up a new Aftershock book this oh, week. Oh, really? Hot Lunch Special. Please tell me about this, because I saw it, but I know nothing about right. it. So, there's one specific reason why I grabbed this. Jorge Fornes is on art. Mm-hmm. He drew that Magnus run that I loved so mm-hmm. much. And at this point, like if I see him on a book, I'm just going to grab it and try it at the very <laughs> least, because his art is gorgeous. It's super detailed and architectural and amazing. And that holds true here, too, even though this is so, so far from that book, as far as could possibly be, instead of futuristic Asimov world setting, this is like small town Midwest. Ooh. And it is about this family who has roots in the mob and 
who has like this gridlock on vending machine sandwich distribution in Wisconsin. Huh. And they decide to expand. And sort of the main character, at least the point of view character for this issue, is this like high school kid whose great-grandfather was the one who sort of joined with the family that originally had this operation going. And as far as he knows, his great-grandfather was the end of it, but his grandfather is still clearly involved. Mm-hmm. Um, and his maybe uncle and father are involved. So there's still... It's still going on. He just doesn't realize it. Right. He thinks it's this, like, romantic, romanticized chapter of his family's history that's all in the past. Yeah. And it's not. And as his grandfather, father, whoever is running the business right now, decides to expand into more Great Lakes states, the trucking, the family that holds the trucking company that they use for distribution basically declares war on them for not offering them a contract. <laughs> and it's just like, to come into my house and disrespect me. Yeah. It's uh, you know, our agreement is your 10% and you get all the trucking in this state. Well, you know, our grandfathers drew that up. Why don't we work out something new? Mm. <laughs> I was hoping we could, you know, respect this relationship. <laughs> so yeah, it's just like small town family mob drama. Yeah. I don't know. It's a cool book. It's, it's probably going to be something I do in trade mm-hmm. for the same reason most things are at this point. I read too many damn books. Right. But it's very fun. Nice. Yeah. How's about that farmhand? Yeah. So you told me about this book when the number one came out and I didn't pick it up. Um, yeah. But I was very intrigued by it. Yeah. Only because it's called farmhand. <laughs> and I'm very country person. I'm sure it didn't uh, <laughs> hurt, though, when you saw the cover and he was literally growing hands. Yeah. Yeah. Then I was like, no, this book is going to be had. Yeah. So I read the first one and I loved it. This one surpassed the first one somehow. It, it was so fucking good. Yeah. I love. Well, this is Rob Galore writing and drawing. Yeah. He drew all of Chew. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got a very similar. It's got a Chew vibe. Not just aesthetic, but like weird food, science, occult stuff. Yeah. Like, there's some common DNA there that I think, if you like Chew, you'd need to Uh read this book. There's some common DNA there. Yeah. And in this one, we see someone literally pick a nose off the vine. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's I love those signs. Like, all of the, they have, it's not Chip Zdarsky level signage. It's not. But it is really funny to look at all of the little shit going on. Yeah. Because there's a sign that says, please don't pick the flowers. And then you realize the flowers are noses. And you're like, don't pick the noses. Yeah. That's cute. It's like um, the perfect way to get the pot in there without ever being too right on the nose. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was really good. And there's like stuff that's like for rich people go away. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, of course, it's great. And this one introduces tree. Yeah, I love tree. I love tree too. I don't understand how he's gonna fit into this book fully, but he might be my favorite character. Yeah. He's the town preacher who happens to be Zeke's godfather. And I like how you get the sense that, like, Zeke's dad, I don't remember his name, Jenkins, old man Jenkins, whatever his Jedediah. name is. Jed, yeah. Because oh, yeah, it's the Jedediah, Jedediah seed. seed. Yep, got it. Uh, you get the sense that, like, maybe he used to be this cool old dude that everybody respected and was cool with. But yeah. now that he's a big name, what always happens with the, that shit is people draw away, he draws away. 
stuff has gone down and yeah. you don't know what it is. He's like probably evil Willy Wonka. Yeah. But with agriculturally sourced body parts. Correct. <laughs> it's fucking actually I think that they referenced Willy Wonka in it probably. in this one. You also get these flashes of like paranormal shit that yeah, Zeke sees. You don't know if it's real or what's going on. Did his father make some kind of deal with the devil or whatever? Yeah. I think he probably did. Probably. Yeah. And carrying over from the first issue, you get the kid who tried to steal samples. Yeah. Um, the little Russian kid who tried to steal samples uh, becomes the playground guardian angel of Zeke's kid. Yeah. It was so adorable. And he's Batman. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend is a Batman. That's nice, son. <laughs> it was so cute. Yeah. And then we get the the reveal on the last page of this one that at least some people who have gotten these body parts as replacements or grafts or to cure paralysis or whatever are like growing flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Off of them. I gotta say, like, I would be freaked out by that, especially um, having watched any movie that I've ever seen, period. But it also looks really cool. It looks so cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, I, know, I, I, that page, I would I'm take like... a minute. It, it probably would take me a minute to call and say something's wrong, just because yeah. I'd be like, man, that's banging. Yeah, that like, looked cool. This last page is supposed to be terrifying, and I get but from a body But she's got roses growing out of her spine. It's so pretty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you don't need a tattoo because you're growing gorgeousness. Yes. <laughs> but also, it's going to end up bad for you. Oh, yeah. No way. <laughs> like, once the thorns start growing in, that's an itchy, itchy back. Yeah. But you can also use it as a weapon. True. Just put your back into it, literally. Yeah. Yeah. This was good. This is so a good, good book. Three this, more issues. Yeah. It's funny and awesome. And I do love the schedule in the back. Yeah. Issue three is out on <laughs> September 12th. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. It's helpful. Yeah. If you're not reading this book, go read this book. It's go fun. read this book. Eternity Girl wrapped up this week. Mm -hmm. Tell me about that, because I can't wait for this trade. I also can't wait for this trade. I love this book. I've read this book in single issues. I look forward to reading this book as a whole. Mm -hmm. I do feel like this last issue does a really good job of maybe tying together some of the different visual elements and maybe making sense of things retroactively. Cool. I'm going to have to go back and reread it for those things to totally click in my head only because only because the last couple of months have been very busy, very tiring months. For right. Me. Yeah. Um, between packing and moving and all. It's been difficult that. to retain things. Yeah. And I want to read it as a whole. I think it's going to read amazingly as a whole. It's a really solid ending. Mm -hmm. It's kind of a perfect ending for uh, 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 whatever Eternity Girl's real name is <laughs> 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 that uh -huh. I just totally blanked on. And it, you know, there could be more after it. It could be setting up its own thing. Um, it's like an open-ended, this could be the end or this could not be the end kind of deal. And I'd be happy mm -hmm. either way. Right. I don't want to say too much more than that just because, <laughs> A, it's hard. Like, Yeah. Well, yeah. This is talking about the plot of this book would be like trying to explain my dreams to you. <laughs> yeah. And nobody wants to hear that. Just read it. You'll be happier. <laughs> It was very good, and I didn't want to not mention it. Good. Fantastic for numero uno. Yeah. So I've been worried about this book. I haven't done slots writing. No, no, no. Like, I'm not worried about, like, I knew it was going to be good, but yeah. I was worried about, like, how the two-in-one stuff is going to fit into this. And at first oh. I was like, well, fuck, it's not. They fucked it up. God damn it. <laughs> because I thought they were back. Yeah. 
And I was like, wait, they haven't, he hasn't, hasn't gotten there. But apparently, oh. it's, it's not. Well, and they've said also, too, that once the Fantastic Four is back, the format of two-in-one will change. And I'm, I'm guessing right. into something more like a traditional two-in-one right. format. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I teared up a little bit on the last page of this. A little, little bit. A yeah. little bit. Yeah. Just, I did not expect that. Well, no. I, I mean, should have. It's like perfect, so, given how the issue plays. But. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's spoilery to say like, as soon as everyone has finally relented and given up hope, hope happens. Yeah. <laughs> and that that was a hard thing. That was a super hard thing. It is, and uh, we have some some news on the Ben and Alicia front. Fuck yeah! Finally, Jesus Christ! Yeah. So so happy for that. Also, it's fucking wedding season. Yeah, no, right? <laughs> How is it? It's wedding season so hard in comics right now. God, Calm I hope this down. one actually happens. Yeah, for real. Ugh. If anyone deserves it, it's the thing. Mm-hmm. And Alicia. And both Alicia. of them, frankly. It was so adorable when she was when they were looking at the ki- the kitties. And she's yeah. like, I don't know. I just always assumed that we'd have pets. I mean, I would have pets at some point. Yeah. He's like, oh, we. Oh. So, kind of the big event early in this issue is the Fantastic Four flare going off. Mm-hmm. At some point, there's the the pretty forward intimation that the thing was responsible for it happening. I don't think it was him. I think it was Alicia. No. I think she did it to get them both to pull their heads out of their asses. Really? You think somebody did it? Like somebody? Like no, you I think, think one of them was responsible for it? I don't think they were. Well, the kids I think claim that punk ass kids. No, the kids claim that, or someone tell a cop tells Johnny that the kids were told how to get this thing by what sounded like Ben. Hmm. I think Weird. it was Alicia trying to get them to pull their heads out. Did there. I miss that page? I guess. I might have missed that page. Let me pull it back up. Yeah. Anyway. We can yeah. cut all this silence. <laughs> uh, no, not I don't not want... messages. This is my flipping through the book music. Okay. Yeah, Jen and Johnny are talking, and Johnny finds out that someone has paid Jen Walters to represent the kids. Mm-hmm. And she says, someone hired you to do this? Who'd do that? The thing. Ben? Yeah. And he's also dropping the charges for the breaking and entering. Think about it. How would a couple of Yancey Street kids get that flare gun in the first place? Yeah, but I didn't take it to mean that... Especially after the dude was like, I forgot to lock up after Which I walked. Which is why I don't think it was actually it Ben. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I just didn't pay attention to that. Yeah. I don't think it was Ben. No. But I think it might have been Alicia, tired of them being sad sex and wanting to pull their heads out of their asses. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Okay. But maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Huh. Stranger things have happened. It's true. I don't know why I turned the iPad off. That has the, <laughs> the note. show notes on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I liked this. It was very, very good. Much. It was very good. It was very sad at first. It was very good. Johnny yeah. was so excited. He was so excited to see that flare, but Ben was so not excited. No, it made me sad. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, and then it made me happy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it was a good book. We also had the Doctor Doom backup. Yes, that I am not so keen on. No. Nope. Because you don't want to see him stop being a hero? Or because you think Doctor Doom, without armor, without technology, just his mask and the sweat of his brow, 
is weird. No, I'm fine with that. I want him to put on some goddamn clothes. That's kind of what I was intimating at on just his mask and the sweat of his brow. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Doom want pants, too. <laughs> Instead, Dr. Doom get a loincloth. Look, Dr. Doom was a big fan of Kylo Ren's shirtless scene. Yeah, he's about shaped like that, too. Oh, that was the first thing I thought of. Was like, <laughs> he's got him a Kylo Ren torso. So now Adam Driver has to play Dr. Doom at some point. Uh, I'm going to stick to my casting. Yeah. Well, maybe when Adam Driver's in his 40s, that'd be fine. And I'm going to stick to my casting. Well, when Adam Driver's in his 40s, your casting won't be great. Well, hopefully my way works out before Adam Driver is in right. his 40s. This is kind of my point. Yeah. Look, I am going to eternally hold out okay, hope. hold on. Adam Driver's chest has to play Doom's chest at some point. How about that? We'll just, like... CGI, CG. Adam Driver. <laughs> Top third, Michael C. Hall. Middle third, Adam Driver. Bottom third, Michael C. Hall. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> it can work. You don't know. I think I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I think I do, actually. Well, maybe. But maybe not. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know how to follow up with that. Although I did like the one-page Impossible Man comic in the very back <laughs> for anyone angry about the Fantastic Four not yeah. actually being in number yeah. one. Yeah. Your voice is in there. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> if you two are complaining about... Proper storytelling. Impossible man feels you. Yeah, absolutely. I cannot wait to figure out everything that happened. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. I mean, they've been outside of reality rebuilding all of it. That's yeah. what's happened. Well, yeah, but like, the details, the minutia. Oh. <laughs> it takes a long time to rebuild all of reality. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm not saying that. I'm saying like, <laughs> the tiny adventures they've yeah, been on. I, I, I'm just being... <laughs> I don't know what I'm being... Dis difficult? Disappointing? Yes. I think I started to say disappoint. Probably both. Probably both. Yeah. <laughs> Here, let me drink more coffee. Yes. Samesies. And then let me drink more alcohol. Uh, I can do that at the same time. Flash number 52. Yes. Is, so, this, is this where my conspiracy corner is coming from? This is where I'm going to feed it a little more. Do it. I need... I'm, so, I'm going to need some more yarn, though. In... <laughs> in... Uh, Number 50, at the very end, there is a prisoner who is released. We've talked about this before in my theory that it is Crisis mm -hmm. from Just Imagine Stanley creating the DC Universe. Right. At the beginning of this issue, there is a meeting of the Flashes of all worlds. And Jen, who is that? It's the Flash from... Oh, shit. Just Imagine Stanley creating the DC Universe. Sorry, I went, like, total cannot believe. Help, help, cannot believe. Oh, shit. I no-scoped this very hard, I think. I think you did. <laughs> you guys, it's going to happen. I mean, I point out, technically, it's only a Marvel crossover, and as much as, like, Stan Lee's more Marvel than DC, but it's... Well, yeah, but... But it's still... It's a big fucking connecting... It is. I'm going to need, instead of a little bit of red yarn, a red rope for this one, okay? <laughs> it's a big lead. It's yeah. a big lead, damn it. It is. Ugh. But yeah, I, I really think that that was Crisis who escaped because they... Yes, because yeah. they, they nodded briefly. Yes. I mean, Flash from that is now... Yes. In, has appeared. In continuity. Yes. 
Oh, it's going to happen. Not just as a footnote on the map of the multiverse in Multiversity. Right. But actually there. Yeah. Uh, Other things that happen in this issue, we have, and this feels like, I don't know, I've, I've jumped around a lot in reading Flash. Like, I've read the first probably 20% of Mark Wade's run. Mm-hmm. And I've read Morrison and Miller's run. Mm-hmm. And I've read the first maybe 40% of Jeff Johns's run. And I feel like there's this perpetual, we're going to imply that Warden Wolf is a villain, but never actually do anything with it. And it <laughs> might just be by virtue of the fact that I'm reading the beginnings of these runs. Right. And as they reprint things, reading more, but I'm not through any of these runs. But this is getting into a... No, Warden Wolf is a creepy, evil-ass mm-hmm. mofo. hmm hmm With hawk people of his own, Axel, trickster, is going to flip on him and, and testify to a judge that he's been doing creepy shit. And these hawk people break in and kidnap Axel, and then... Spoilers... Uh, you know those new forces that we've talked about before? The slow force in Justice League and the strength force and the... It's not called the psychic force, but something with another S that has to do with brains. Mm-hmm. Uh, sage force. Oh, okay. Axel gets, let's say, a very bulky makeover as the <laughs> strength force takes root in him. Oh. So future Commander Cold and Barry are left up against a roided out trickster. With a rock Great. arm. Great. Great. Yeah. It's kind of like moving into a new chapter of, of, of Williamson's run, setting up some new things. It's I gotta say, that's a thing that I would not expect, is how do you make the trickster worse, uh, make him strong? Yeah. Okay, sure. I mean, yeah. yeah. Anything, but... Yeah. That was interesting. Cool. Um, I don't totally know where this is gonna go. I will say, there are like three or four DC books... That are printed on different paper <laughs> than all of the other DC Why? books. And this is one of them, and I don't know. There's only one of them that it really makes sense for. Catwoman is on... It's it's a heavier paper, but not coated. Mm-hmm. And the way Joel Jones inks and colors, like, it looks really great on yeah. this on this less shiny paper. Right. I don't know why The Flash is on this paper. And there was one other book this week, too, that was on... It might have been Plastic Man or Hawkman. But on this uncoated, like, little, more old-school style paper, and I don't I don't know if there's rhyme or reason, but a few issues of The Flash have been on this paper now. Mm-hmm. And I recognize talking about the paper on which comics are printed is only so interesting. <laughs> but it seems like an intentional and conscious choice, and it's happening consistently on certain books, and I don't know. Does it feel like Marvel paper? No. And I got nothing for you. Mm, no. Alright. It feels like it feels like vertigo paper. Like vertigo trade paper. I kind of love that you can like make that distinction. <laughs> okay. Without I'm, having to touch the paper. I'm gonna say hunt for Wolverine Adamantium agenda <laughs> now. Because I feel like you're right. That is kind of a strange thing to be able to do. <laughs> and if we're going to make Alex feel attacked, we might as well talk about Hunt for Wolverine. We, should, we should totally do that because this was the Let's Fuck with Alex book of the week. You know, there's no Brian's quote of the week this week because Brian's not here. Aww. So maybe it should be Alex's quote of the week. It should be. It should definitely be because I really, I really do feel like this was directed at you. I know. 
Like, I get compliments on my spreadsheets, and now, now I feel like Jessica Jones wouldn't like me very much. <laughs> Which is a sad thing. The team, Luke and Jessica and Laura and Spider-Man and Iron Man, all in Power Rangers colored Iron Man armor. <laughs> yes. Have infiltrated Mr. Sinister's cloning facility. And Tony is looking through the computers at the database of every human's DNA. He says, it's all in here. I could look up anyone on this database. I mean, this is undoubtedly evil. Undoubtedly evil. But, you know, the search function is actually kind of impressive. Laura, you're impressed with his cataloging? Peter. Well, yeah, Sinister may be a nefarious threat to the planet, but he certainly knows his way around, the, around a spreadsheet. Jess, that's hardly surprising. I'm sure there's a direct correlation between ego-driven sadists who enjoy meticulously putting... Or, and those who enjoy put... I'm going to take another stab at that. <laughs> that's hardly surprising. I'm sure there's a direct correlation between ego-driven sadists and those who enjoy meticulously putting things into spreadsheets. Tony, I like spreadsheets. And then everybody just turns to look at him. What? <laughs> Yeah. Personally attacked. Personally attacked by a comic straight up. It was great. <laughs> I had to message because I read it, uh, I guess, Thursday? Friday? Friday. Yeah. Uh, I read it and I immediately had to message Alex. I was like, hey, have you read this yet? Okay, let me know when you do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Spreadsheets can be a useful thing and don't make you any more evil than having two computer monitors does, Tim. <laughs> I don't know. You have two commu computer monitors and you enjoy spreadsheets. Maybe two negatives make a positive. <laughs> Maybe. I'm, I, I do feel like liking spreadsheets has something to do with my having two monitors. Yes. Right, yes, Alex, it does. <laughs> paper. We've talked about spreadsheets. <laughs> it's You know what? This is all backlogger set of skills. That's true. It's a very particular set of skills. <laughs> Not one that I think very, makes very interesting podcasting, though. I don't know. I enjoy it. And I do make some truly wondrous spreadsheets. Yeah. Alex also might be evil, so there's that. I would read from the book. So, yeah. See? I, evil. I think of myself as more chaotic good, though. Mm, I feel like okay. what I put into the world is a net positive. Okay. But at least you added chaotic in there. So that, that Oh, it's does. definitely chaotic yeah. good. Yeah. He's chaotic good, but he likes spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm certainly not lawful good. No. 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 So this was so good. This was the end of this this arc of the Hunt for Wolverine books. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, it was a very Mr. Sinister heavy week. It was. <laughs> we get Mr. Sinister in Renew Your Vows, too. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, Dr. Sinister. Dr. Sinister. Yes. He didn't go to evil medical school to be called Mr. Sinister. That's right. I think they still called him Mr. Sinister, but he was a doctor. Yeah. Whatever. Wasn't that the book in which they're like, no, it's Dr. Sinister, or was that something else? I think that might have been something else. I read too many comics. Yes, you do. <laughs> they're all blurring. Yeah. It's a blur, sir. Uh, <laughs> we get... In this, too, some information about Laura. Yeah. That was a big fucking drop for... Well, I mean, it is Hunt for Wolverine. So, yeah. I guess it's not really a place that doesn't make sense for this. I... But I didn't expect it. 
I didn't necessarily expect it. I don't know that it's necessarily at the end of the day the biggest deal. No, it's it's not for the universe. It's a pretty fucking big deal for her for because her she identifies sure. herself as a clone, and now like she doesn't even have this thing in common with Gabby anymore. Well, that's true, and that's fair. I did go back and reread the first issue of X twenty three to to kind of see maybe how this fits into that. And it uh, there there's definitely room in in the sort of like montage where she's working on making the clone. Mm-hmm. Where it, I, I think I always had assumed until I read this that she's called X twenty three because like Wolverine's weapon X and then Deadpool's weapon XI and mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, it's not actually the same numbering scheme. She's the twenty third try to clone a version of Wolverine with two X chromosomes because the Y chromosome was so degraded. Right. There's a point in like this montage of these 23 trials where she's like, yeah, I've kept a lot of secrets. Ooh. Okay. That's it. That's right there. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Which is a thing Taylor's been really good at in going through in X in, in all new Wolverine going back through X 23 and tying specific events into both kind of the text and subtext of, that run right (coughs) so when i say it's not a big deal i don't think it's like a huge retcon as well yeah yeah i think there's plenty of room on the page for it to fit for it to really fit and especially if you think about the way that maybe because functionally she did act as laura's mother like she raised her right laura had the trauma of having to kill her which as I think in some way only going to submit even more, you know, I killed the woman who raised me, I killed my mother. Yeah. It does take away from her being a true clone. Yes. Although rereading X-23, it does make an argument in that, that she's not really a true clone because they've tampered with the genes anyway. Right. Yeah. Well, but, yeah. I yeah. mean, at that point, that's a new being. <laughs> yeah. Like, Period. It's a, I think the, the phrase they used it was genetic twin. Which doesn't even really make sense either, but okay, yeah, sure. Um, at any rate, like, okay, she's only half Logan and is half her mother. She still is a product of cloning technology, so I feel like they can. She and Gabby can still come. They're like half clone sisters. <laughs> half clone sisters. Yeah. Clone half sisters. No, because she's not a clone anymore. Not really. She's she's in vitro. Yeah. She's a test tube baby. Half clone, half sisters. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, but, but now, in... but now she like her birthday is really a birthday though. I mean, her birthday was always a birthday. It was I never know, a secret but... that she was given birth to. Right. By... Right. But now it's like a real thing. Like she's not a clone. Uh, she's not a. It's a. It means something now. In her mind, it will probably mean something now. That is a fair statement, and I'm going to let that one rest, just because I think anyway I try to unpack the birthday thing is going to sound kind of mean about the current X-23 run in a way I don't mean to be. I mean, I don't I don't like birthdays anyway, so. I just, the birthday plot line doesn't make a lot of sense to me. No, it was just, it was adorable that it Gabby was. was so into it. The, I like the Gabby side of it a lot. Yeah, that's. The Laura side of it doesn't totally track to me, but that's fine. That's not yeah. what we're talking about right yeah. now. 
Um, uh, what else? I mean, I, I understand her. It's just a day. It's just a day. Get over it. But Fair. But I think there was more to it than it's just a day. Because yeah. there's always more to it. Speaking of dead mothers, <laughs> sideways number seven. Yeah? Yeah. Speaking of the guilt of being responsible for your mother's death, sideways number oh, seven. Oh, Jesus. This book went dark. Uh, so in number six, to catch everyone up, uh, sideways is being a stupid, dumb, stubborn teen and not taking his mother's phone calls because he's tired of her trying to pry into what he's been up to because... She has figured out Derek is sideways and wants to talk to him about it. And she's figured out because the company she works for is being creepy. Mm-hmm. And she wants to keep him safe. But since he won't talk, she decides to go in on the weekend and try to dig into the company's records and it gets her killed. And he's got like all these missed calls from her where he refused to answer the phone just to give her the answer. And he knows this is what's happened. That sucks. Um, this is kind of continuing that this is sort of DC doing a Spider-Man like character. Mm-hmm. This is the uncle Ben moment. Mm. God damn it, Derek. But it takes such a completely different and wonderful and strange turn. Did you ever read Grant Morrison's seven soldiers of victory? I did not. I've only read the first about half of it, and I love it very much. There's just a lot of it. <laughs> said Grant a lot of it. Um, yeah. One of the seven soldiers has been captured by the evil that they fight in that. Mm-hmm. And so they recruit Derek to temporarily take his place to help save him. Mm-hmm. So the supporting cast of this book, as of this issue... Now includes Frankenstein, Zatanna, the Bulleteer, Clarion, uh, Frankenstein. Did I say Frankenstein? You said Frankenstein, yeah. I said Frankenstein. Um, And others. And two others who are (laughs) Shining Knight and someone else. Oh, uh, uh, the other Mr. Miracle, Shiloh Norman. Oh. Yeah. And they have to go into the dark multiverse to rescue the Guardian. Interesting. Yeah. It's a very weird turn, but I like it a lot. And uh, Kenneth Rokefort's back on this issue with his good, 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 good art. Yeah. So, yeah, I continue to love this book. If you haven't been reading it, I think the first trade should be out in the next couple months. It's totally worth checking out. Nice. Yeah, this is one that I definitely want in trade. Yeah. Speaking of Spider-Man-like characters, Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, Spider-Man is very Spider-Man-like. Yeah. Uh, which, which hold on, which one? Which one are we talking about? Spider-Man Annual Number One. Cool, Miles. Got Miles it. Morales. Yeah. Written by Brian Hill, who yes, is just everywhere lately and has yet yes. to let me down once. Solid. I mean, everything is solid. I really hope that this issue is what so many one-shots are. Because this is basically a random annual that doesn't have an ongoing attached to it right now. Mm -hmm. But I hope this is an audition for an ongoing because it was so fucking good. I know what Brian Hill to write Miles now. I need this. Yeah, I need this. Uh, And this seems to be 
Mm-hmm. Retconning is kind of a weird word for what it's doing, but sort of retconning Miles's history in the main Marvel universe, mm-hmm. which esoteric universe hopping stuff begin now. <laughs> Miles was in the Marvel uh Twelve sixteen, the Ultimate Universe. Mm-hmm. I think it's twelve sixteen, and then after Secret Wars, he was one of a handful of characters plopped into the main universe. Mm-hmm. Probably for practical reasons, of he was the one really popular, successful new Ultimate character that they just absolutely did not want to and should not have lost. Right. Um. And when that happened, like his hist- he had a history in this universe that we've never really gone back to. Right. But that is demonstrably different because, among other things, both his parents are alive. Right. Uh, Venom never killed his mother in this universe. So this issue goes back and gives us like super early miles during Secret Invasion. Yeah. Um, and we see his first costume and we <laughs> see like one of his first big mistakes. Yeah. And it's so good. Well, I don't even think that it was anything that he could have helped. Like he could no. not have stopped that because he didn't know that it was going to happen. Right. Um, but I know I, it's definitely not his fault, but you know, he looks at it as a mistake. Right. It, it's a thing that is shaping yeah. his character. Yeah. It's a, it's a big moment that is shaping his character. Um, yeah. It was good. Yeah. And I like... It very clearly sounds like Miles. Mm -hmm. But it also introduces this idea that maybe is there in other places and maybe isn't. But it's the first time I've heard it since he came to the regular universe. Because I never... The ultimate stuff was kind of dying down as Mm -hmm. I got into reading comics. Um, But this idea that he knows he's not Iron Man. He knows he's not Thor. He knows he's not Peter he's a kid and he's scared and all he can do is just do the damn thing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of a really cool thesis to separate him from Peter, especially, but also some of the other heroes who are, who are there. Yeah. That and the fact that like, he knows that miles can't do this. Yeah. So he has to sort of dissociate. He has to do what a spider can. (laughs) Yeah. True. Um, yeah. So he, he has to like become a different thing in yeah. order to do all the spidey stuff. Yes, father, I shall become the spider. <laughs> Indeed. This was so good. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I did love this message. The, I think that it's a thing that gets thrown around a lot. The don't let people tell you that you can be better than you are because shit's just going to hold you down. Yeah. And then he completely says, no, fuck that. Yeah. Shit's not going to hold me down if I don't fucking let it. Right. I'm going to be better. The system won't be better. I'm going to be better. Well, and you get that idea repeated so much throughout this in so many different contexts. Like, I love just structurally the iteration in this issue of you hear Miles say it. Then you hear where he learned it. Right. Then you hear him having to come to terms both in the personal context and in the, okay, I can't be Miles, I have to be Spider-Man context. Right. And, like, in one issue, there's so much 
so much character development here for Miles mm-hmm. that I think is maybe marked because it's a very different kind of storytelling than Bendis, who basically always, other than in Champions, always has written Miles. Mm-hmm. As a solo book, always has written Miles. Where Bendis takes his time and he spends a lot of time on humor and character relationships. Yeah. And you don't lose those moments. There are some of them here. Yeah. There are a lot of them here. But Everything happens quickly and nothing feels, it's very tight. There's nothing, there's nothing here that's just for the lulls as the kids haven't said in 10 <laughs> right. years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say though, like it was really adorable seeing Genki and what's his name setting up Miles and yes. what's his name sister. Um, I love that he said that his sister was awkward and she's like this smoking hot, you know, high school babe. Um, But then I did believe that she was awkward by the time she could not figure out that the guy who had on the jacket that she put (laughs) on him was Spider-Man. Yes. She put the jacket onto him. Oh, you know what? I don't know that she did it. That scene at the cemetery I read it as though she knows. Really? Yeah. I didn't. But it doesn't matter now, yeah. obviously. I mean, that whole exchange of, I'm sorry, why are you apologizing? There's nothing you could have done. Yeah. It could read as just she hasn't put two and two together. But it could also read as she knows that, but she still isn't going to forgive him. Okay. I think it's intentionally a little vague. Okay. Maybe. Maybe it is. This Maybe was good. I read this at six thirty this morning. Who knows? <laughs> Ew, six thirty on a Sunday morning. No, thank you. Yeah, well, gross. The latter half of my week maybe got a little bit away from me, and I got through <laughs> twenty-two out of twenty-four books. <laughs> Ooh. I would have gotten through twenty-three, but I realized I was on an issue of Nancy Drew behind, so I read Nancy Drew number two, oh, okay. which was very good. And I don't think I've ever heard one of the Hardy Boys say "God damn it" before. Oh, oh no! Now I'm gonna go back and read these. Oh, it's so good. You would really, <laughs> really. This is like the most gin version of Nancy Drew. I think. Nice. I, I think is imaginable. Nice. Uh, like she has to keep it into. She has to keep reminding herself. Okay, no, I don't know that this guy isn't trying to kill us. Oh, but he's so hot. I hope he hasn't tried to kill us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, god damn it. He's too stylish to be in a cave. And that's weird. <laughs> and he's suspicious. Oh, but look at him. But also, mm, yeah. hey. Uh, yeah. Supergirl number 21. Tell me about it. I have not been reading a lot of Supergirl. There was an issue that Vita Ayala mm-hmm. wrote that I had jumped on for because uh, it was basically a one shot. And it was really good. And this is kind of my first time back to it since. This is picking up kind of Supergirl's thread from Bendis' Man of Steel mm-hmm. book. Uh, it's written by Mark Andreco with art by uh, 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 McGuire. Like Justice League International, McGuire, whose first name I'm blanking on. Kevin. Okay. Kevin McGuire. Oh, yes, yes. Yes, good, And good. this is Kara 
deciding to go into space to figure out where Rogalzar came from and mm-hmm. why he killed Krypton, destroyed Krypton, and basically she's working from the idea that no one could have done anything that large and it be this hidden without help. Yeah. Like, this is Kara angry and hurt and, like... It sets up this idea that everyone, Superman and Hal in particular, are kind of treating her like she's just being a scared child. Like she's being conspiratorial. Like, Oh man, really? But she's right. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> I hate to put it like this, but also They're being this. Nice. Yeah, a yeah. woman has an idea and men are treating her like she's crazy. Exactly. No. Oh. Go figure. Go fucking figure. Yeah. Um, like, she takes Rogelzar's axe to Hal, and she's like, I need you to scan this and tell me anything you can. He says, I already scanned the symbol for Super... No, not the symbol. The axe as a whole. <laughs> the whole fucking thing, The whole moron. thing. Scan it. And the ring comes back. Files redacted. Hmm. So there's something going on. At the end of this, she leaves, leaves for space with Crypto. Aww. And there's some entity, some secret cabal in space that is probably that same group that we saw in Man of Steel, or somehow related to it, Mm -hmm. I would guess, uh, that is now on alert because they have, I guess, the Green Lantern's records tapped for anyone searching on Rogelzar. Mm -hmm. The issue is very much like setting up what's coming next. But I really enjoyed it. I thought the art was solid. I thought it was super interesting. Cool. Is this is this an issue that you could jump onto without having read much? As long all you need to have read is Man of Steel. Right. If if and you know the Rogels then, and stuff, then Frankly, even then you don't really need that. Anything you need here gets worked in pretty seamlessly, like the whole okay, she was already a teenager when Krypton was destroyed becomes this argument between her and Superman about no listen. You are, for all intentions, an earthling. Right. You came here as a baby. I don't look it, but I'm definitely older than you. Fuck off. I mean, she says that almost verbatim. Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, You came here as a baby. Your whole life is here. You're not really an alien. I had family and friends and crushes who I imagined growing old with. Right. Aww. I am going and finding out who took that away from me. Yeah. Her home was destroyed. Yeah. The place he came from? Was destroyed. Her home was destroyed. He lost an idea. She lost a life. Right. And. She lost so much potential. Yes. He didn't lose that potential. Right. Not really. He lost the romantic idea of potential. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's. If you're not in, like, if really, really wordy comics by default aren't your thing, and I tend to very much be that way, mm-hmm. you might bump into it, because mm-hmm. it talks a lot. Yeah. But I thought it was all to a point, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. So well, I'm yeah, I mean, that's, that's the it. qualifying thing there. Is, yeah. is there a reason for it to be so wordy? Yeah. Then that's fine. All right. Is it still good? Yeah. Catwoman number two is still good. <laughs> I'm going to say, oh uh, Selena Selena gets some new toys. Oh. Okay. Yeah. And one of them is not a rectal probe. <laughs> I'm glad that one of them is not. 
<laughs> None of them is a rectal okay. probe, okay? Good, good, good. She had the chance, she turned it down. Okay. Uh, Detective Comics, number 986. We've mentioned how good Brian Hill is. Mm-hmm. Uh... Nobody listens to Batman, which he expects. Nobody listens to Black Lightning, which Batman also expects. Not everything has worked out yet, but it's a fun... I don't know. It's such a such a weirdly structured story to try to break down in a sentence. Like, so many things are happening. Yeah. Um, but it's moving into sort of endgame for the arc. Hawkman number three. Hawkman goes to Dinosaur Island and fights hundreds, if not thousands, of other bird people and then meets another version of himself. Okay. Plastic Man number three. Uh, there's a big old butt. <laughs> On his face. Okay. Superman number two. I have to remember what happened in this book. Oh, Superman deals with Earth being stuck in the Phantom Zone. That's what happens in this book. Hmm. That's a pretty good one. Titans number 24 might have been my favorite issue this week. Oh. It's definitely up there. The team has to stop an incursion from a high fantasy universe that's just like one that this old man in the park had written before he became a teacher. Also, Raven has a very bad day. <laughs> uh, Maestro is number seven, Jen. Hmm... So much happened in this one. Like, so much. Um, a certain maestro lets the power of recreation go way too far, way too fast. Amazing Spider-Man number three, Jen. Oh, shit. Me again. Um, Peter and Mary Jane are garbage bowlers. <laughs> and maybe Peter's not so good at much of anything it turns out amazing Spider-Man review your now review your now review your nows yep at least you're consistent that's just what that book's called now amazing Spider-Man review your now is number 22 <laughs> uh more Mr. Sinister yeah um Annie Mae continues her trend of saving Normie. And Peter reveals that he knows way too much about spider anatomy. <laughs> if your whole thing were spiders, wouldn't you, especially after that time you turned into a man spider... Yeah, like... Why don't you do some studying? Yeah, I would definitely try and figure out what everything is called. 
Just to just, just to even know if you have like a weird power that is connected to it. Yeah. Also, speaking of Chalicera. Chalicera, hardly Noah. No. No, no. <laughs> I want to know what's going on. So bad. Well, next issue is probably right. where you get your answers. Right. Pretty sure next issue is the last one, so I hope so. Uh. Well, then we get Jody Hauser on Spider Girl. Yeah. After the Spider Girls crossover. Right. Champions, number 23. Uh, Viv goes into safe mode. Okay. Defrags herself. Yeah. Domino, number five. Uh, someone, I guess, takes one for the team. And Domino fixes a fucking drink for her master. Sorry. And he didn't even put on his Dom jeans. Didn't even put on his Dom jeans. Quicksilver No Surrender number four is the ongoing adventures of a man and his pet turtle. <laughs> okay. Long box book report. It's a long box book report. Yeah. Yeah. So this one's me. Are you sure you've had enough alcohol yet? Nope, I have not. So I got watching your face while you read this. I don't think you have enough in this house. I don't think I do. No, it wasn't. You know what? It wasn't that bad, oh. but it wasn't much better. Uh, I got Amazing Comics Tales of the Sun Runners number three. Number three. Yeah. So it starts out with I. I don't know if it's a planet or a sun because they're harvesting like solar rays from it, but then they call it a planet and I am fucking confused. Okay. I think they're fucking confused and I'm fucking confused. What we, what we can all agree on is that it's no moon. It's no moon. Um, so it, it starts out with the planet sun star thingy getting hit by something. And then it is dealing with the shit that happened in issues one and two. I don't know what happened in one and two, <laughs> but apparently somebody died and uh, this robot guy has to be rebooted. This robot guy named Scooter has to be rebooted with magic. I don't think that's how that works, but I could be wrong. And have been many times. But he does get rebooted. Um, and they think he's good as new or better. Possibly better. Who knows? And then this really big old elephant guy comes in. Well, he's been there the whole time. But but he's got to tell Scooter that Mark is dead. I don't know who Mark is. But in the next page we get uh, Mark's relationship with Delphi. All right, I'm going to assume the Elephant Man is John Hurt, and Mark is Mark Gaddis. No. And that this is all somehow a Doctor Who ripoff. You know, it, this could be a good episode of Doctor Who. <laughs> it's a bad comic book. It could be a good episode of Doctor Who, because um, all of these elements are in the show. Uh, so yeah, we get we get a little bit of how Mark died and his relationship with Delphi and the fact that they're in love or whatever. And also really hot naked people all of the time. I think maybe definitely a lot of hot naked people in doctor who uh, <laughs> there could stand to be more. Um, yeah. 
Let so that, me show you my Santaran strategy. So that happens. It turns out that Delphi was having a dream about when Mark died. Um, like she's an oracle or something? <laughs> or something. No, this was not a premonition. It was oh. a, a dream of what had happened. But uh, she postmonition? Up... Postmonition. You know, I hear the postmonition always knocks twice. <laughs> <laughs> Those are just called memories, by the way. Um, <laughs> Not if you weren't there in the first place. No, okay. But she was. Oh. Uh, I, I like postmonition. Hold on. She was, I'm assuming, because I don't fucking know. Uh, so it's either a memory or a postmonition. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so Mark walks into her bedroom, and she runs to him and immediately starts kissing him. Turns out it's not Mark. It's a shapeshifter that they fought in... Uh, an issue of this one or two don't know so she gets pissed off and he's like no no no, i can explain babe don't you worry they asked me to do it your team asked me to do it and it's like i hear that's when cylons got started too (laughs) but she's like pissed off rightfully so because this dude just walks in and starts kissing her this dude wearing her dead boyfriend's face walks in and starts kissing her and they're like no it's okay we thought it was the only way to get you out of your funk fuck you guys what what the fuck kind of crazy nasty shitty bullshit is this 1980s crazy nasty shitty bullshit fuck yeah well what the fuck yeah. Yeah. It's awful. And then the shapeshifters basically like admits that he did it because he's he's a bad guy. Period. No shit. No, really? We thought you did it because you're a cool dude. We thought you disguised yourself as her dead boyfriend and kissed her for a good reason. Those little chocolate covered raisin candies? N- no. All right. So then we move on to <laughs> this brought to you by uh, consolation prizes from early 90s game shows. Mm-hmm. So then we move on to um, this. Rice r- <laughs> No, this random scene with, I guess, the um, big elephant dudes, hot, hot wife, hot, hot elephant wife um, named either Elef or LF. They really, really stretched for a name there, didn't they? They did. So hard. They did. Now, this is where you're going to tell me she's not actually an elephant? No. Well, okay. she's got, she's got like, a rockin' human bod. Like, a rockin' human bod. Which, and she's wearing these underwear that don't cover her butt. Why? Why do you, That is so uncomfortable. Let me tell you what. People who design things to show butt cleavage... Stop doing it. Stop doing it. I don't care if you're into butt cleavage. It's so fucking uncomfortable. Stop doing it. Stop it. So anyway, she wakes up in the bed alone and she's worried because her husband is uh, all upset and sad and whatever. He's sad that he lost Mark and cool. Oh, by the way, his name is Gibraltar. So her name is LF or Elef and his name is Gibraltar. She is the most afterthought there could be. What do elephants have to do with Gibraltar? I don't know. Okay. I'm just saying, like, 
You're going to give him an actual name and you're going to call her LF? Like, all the other names you've said so far have kind of had something to do with, like, there's a robot and he's named Scooter, which is a, you know, kind of mechanical, robot sounding name. What? I can buy a robot named Scooter. No. No. Anyway, so they had this random hot elephant woman scene. SC2R for... Scooter? SC2R. Got it. Um, that's, that's not how that would work. No. Never mind. That would be Scatour. 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 I hardly know her. <laughs> a Scatour snowplow. Um, anyway, so Gibraltar is out there standing in some sort of uh, storm. I don't know if it's snow, but I'm, it kind of looks like snow. But could it could be radioactive be, fallout. It could be radioactive fallout. Who knows? Um, and this rock monster guy who's on their team shows up and, and, and builds him some shelter so he can stand out there and brood alone um, and ask a bunch <laughs> of questions because he doesn't have a heart right. and doesn't understand things. Gibraltar and a rock. Yeah. A rock of Gibraltar? N- no. But it would have been better if that was the case. I don't know. I don't remember what this guy, the rock guy's name is. Um, But he says G in every sentence. G. I'm assuming more in a Shazam kind of way than in an early 90s gangster kind of way. Yeah. 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 More like G Willikers and yes. not calling everyone his G. No. Yeah, no. Okay. No, it's definitely more G Willikers. Um, so then we get back to the space station where whatever this thing that is of... Uh, fucked up this planet star thing is now killing everybody on the space station. And I'm assuming, I'm assuming it wrecks the space station because that we'd never see it again. At least not in this issue. Maybe an issue 18. Who knows? <laughs> um, so <laughs> this gets, it's so fucking weird and convoluted. I have no idea what's going on. Um, then the board of directors of this company that everybody works for, apparently, that every, all these characters work for the same company. The board You're of directors. You're not joking about this having a lot of like very Doctor Who elements. Yeah, yeah. So the board of directors decides to send a team to check out what the fuck is happening. Um, and it happens to be you know our dudes, our fellas, our people that they're sending. Um, our fellas or our elephs? No, elf is not going. Oh. Um, just the main team. Because Elif is just Gibraltar's wife. Back on their planet, I'm sure that she was something great and wonderful and powerful. But oh, no, she it was is... the 80s, so probably No, no, no. Not. It even says something about oh, it. okay. Yeah. But now she is... On her less sexist planet. Yeah. Now she's just his wife. Um, that's it. Right. So they, they face off against this force that is killing the star slash planet and... Everything. This is the first time that they mentioned that this is a planet, by the way. And that there are things on this planet that are dying. And I'm like, you just said it was a star. What? How much acid do you think this creative team was on? Um, I'm sure that they were staring at goats before they wrote this. Okay. Did the goats stare back? Probably. Goats tend to stare. Yeah. Uh, and faint. Yeah. So they're checking out this planet. They're fighting this life form. The shapeshifter turns into a star dragon, which is kind of badass, actually. I kind of like that part. Um, 
they continue to fight it. Scooter uh, decides he's the only one who can fight this thing because it drains electrical energy. I don't know what it does, but it's killing every fucking thing and he flies the ship right into it. And then something happens where he's like, oh, look, I can fight this thing because there's residual magic stored in my circuits. What? The fuck? What the fuck, you guys? What the fuck? Do you believe in magic in a robot's heart? Sure. (laughs) Sure, I do. All right, so he defeats the thing, seemingly. Um... (laughs) <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me let me read this part where he's fighting this being, which kind of looks like a giant weird dinosaur lizard man. I don't know, but like not solid, but not solid. More like a liquid snake. <laughs> yes. Uh, Is he also naked? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So Scooter's thinking, he has thought bubbles, which, fuck thought bubbles, but it says, when Doc rejuvenated me, my circuits must have absorbed some of his mystic energy, something this thing can't seem to tolerate. And then he says, and I don't get it at all, then he says, which just made me the blue plate special. What? What does that mean? That he's going to eat you and you're going to be yummy, yummy breakfast food? What? I don't know what's happening here. Please, God, help me. Somebody take this book away from me. Thank you, Alex. Thank you. Something, something Johnny Cakes? (laughs) Yes. So anyway, somehow Scooter turns into breakfast food and defeats this monster thing? You think. (laughs) Because then in the epilogue... Spelled with no U-E. You see the monster, like, in the glint of Scooter's eye? I don't... I... I don't... So, I need to see some runes or something on Scooter's body to know that he's a magical vessel of some sort. I need this. I don't want to ever read any more of that, ever. But I need to know. (laughs) I don't know what's going on. I have no fucking clue what happened. I've got to say, the reason I switched to just stupid one-liners while you were explaining is because I didn't know what else to do. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, that, I feel like this is, <laughs> this is the issue of comics that I've read for Longbox Book Report that I have said the most words about. Yeah. And it's because it hurts my brain so fucking hard. What were they thinking? I will be, what is going on here? I'll be very honest. Part of me wishes I had drawn this one so I could have smooth boyed it. Oh, yeah. There is so much smooth boy in it. There is so, so much smooth boy and smooth lady. She can be a smooth boy. It's fine. Yeah. So much. Jesus Christ. I mean, I kind of feel like taking this for next week and going ahead and <laughs> smooth boying it. There, there's no need. I think I've said everything that can be said. Yeah. I imagine you have. Yeah. Oh, she is very naked. She's very naked. No, she's got those tiny little underwear that don't cover her butt. I thought that was just like a bad shadow. No, it's not. Oh. Yeah. That's some like... Why? That's some like... 
here's pin-up Psylocke underwear art. Yes! Why? I'm not knocking, like, if you're into butt cleavage, whatever. That's fine. It's weird to me, but it doesn't have to be normal. Um, don't make somebody uncomfortable. <laughs> don't do that. Those are uncomfortable. Yeah, they look uncomfortable for about six different reasons. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, there's that book. There's that. I don't even know. What makes me mad is that there were things that I liked about it. I'm so sorry. That's what makes me mad. I'm so, so sorry. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah. Well. That's it. Do I need to go draw one or do we yeah. want to make Brian do no, it? No, you're, I mean, you're just doing it. Okay. You're just doing it. Well, talk about rocks or something, I guess. Okay. Um, Rock Hounds and Relics on Lemon Street in Ackworth, Georgia is now open on Thursdays. My sister has <laughs> re-added it. You know what? I'm not going to try and pretend to understand the scheduling that goes on with this store because things happen, I guess. But now they're open on Thursdays, so you can go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, and Sunday to the store and get cool, cool rocks. Um, I recently got this really awesome crystal. I, I don't, I don't adhere to the belief in crystals. It's cool if you do. I don't. But I got this really awesome, like, sparkly amethyst that has this druzy bit on the bottom. It's so cool. It's so nice. So if you're into that sort of thing, go do that. Also, she has really awesome beads, like this really awesome moss agate beads. These really awesome moss agate beads right yeah. now that I am going to need to make something out of. Cool. It's so don't cool. go buy them. Jen wants them. No, she's got plenty. You oh, can okay. go buy some. Just leave some for me. I cool. want to do like a bracelet or something. So you're good. Cool. Speaking of amethyst, there was a picture circulating on Twitter this week where someone gave Carly Rae Jepsen a sword and I need her <laughs> to play amethyst nice. in a movie now. Nice. What'd you get? Oh, it's old. What'd you get? The first sensational issue hmm? by the creator of Doc Savage, dot, 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 Kenneth Robson, <laughs> Justice Inc. Okay. Featuring the Avenger. That well-known DC character, the Avenger. <laughs> Nice. Oh, this, this is, is going to be so much fun. 1975. Yes. All of the fun. I can't wait. Okay. This is going to be all of the fun. At least it is. Yes. At least it is a number one. <laughs> Mercifully. Yes. Speaking of merciful, we should wrap things up. Yeah. Yeah. The dogs think <laughs> so too. No, sirs. Hey, no. Your bark is too loud. So, if you are going to be at Dragon Con. Yeah. On Friday, August 31st at 4 p.m. In the Hilton Galleria Room 7, we will be doing a live show. Yes, we will. Come check us out. Yes. Come for the goofs. Stay for more goofs. Yeah, more goofs. It's definitely yeah. going to be that. There will be at least three goofs. Mm-hmm. Sitting at the table in yeah, front of you. Exactly. Um, yeah. And 
do that. Come, be there. Yeah. I don't know what that and was for. We don't have any <laughs> other live shows tonight right now. No. And if you're going to be there the whole time on Sunday and Monday, I have two other panels. So, oh, yes. Yeah, come check those out. I'll be on the Breaking the Panel panel. Um, I think it's their live show. I think that that's how they're going to release that. Um, I'll be on that one, and then I'll be doing Ask a Creator Anything on Monday. Cool. That's the only panel I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, we would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. We are available on your podcatching platform of choice, and if we're not, tell us and we'll probably be there. And I don't know if I need to say that every week. No one ever tells us we're not there. We're on a lot <laughs> I of things. I think we're on almost everything. Yeah. Also, if they're listening to this and we're not there, I guess unless they're listening on our website, they found us already. Mm-hmm. But you can listen to us on our website. Mm-hmm. I guess they could tell friends that they are on, that we are on their friends' preferred podcasting. Yeah podcatching platforms they should tell friends they should rate and review us Mm -hmm. on apple podcasts and if they are feeling particularly generous financially which is to say like a buck five bucks ten bucks i think are the three options we give you there are no no high levels don't you worry about that to us it is generous yes it's Uh, generous. you can support us at patreon.com slash panelology yeah, and if you do, all of that money goes back into like buying equipment. Yeah. And stuff like that. Yes. Just stuff to make our show better. Yeah. It all goes to Panelology, not to any of the other shows we do, not to our pockets. It is 100% cost of production. Correct. Uh, unlike a lot of outlets, like we don't rely on review copy or anything like that so all the books we're talking about we're we buy them out of pocket uh just in case anyone's wondering why we have a patreon it's yeah and when we do get review copies we tell you because we get excited yeah (laughs) also just general disclosure yeah yeah uh you can also listen to jen and me on minds at yerk our Animorphs reread podcast with yeah. friends of the show, Tim and Meg. Yeah. And I'm going to be on an upcoming episode. I'll let you know when it happens. An upcoming episode of Breaking the Panel with the rock god of podcasting, Charles McFall. Nice. Yeah. And whoever, I don't know who else is going to be on it, but yeah. whoever else is going to be on it. Uh, let's see. If you're listening to this on Monday, I think we're actually going to, for Minds at York, put out a super cut of all of the fanfic chapters. Yeah. I'm excited. So if you are, if you haven't listened to that and want to just jump on with the next episode, but also want to catch up on the fanfic that we are passing around writing between us, you can do that that way. I'm not going to lie. Like, it's really fun. It's really fun fanfic. Like, it's fun doing it with you guys. It's really good. It's mostly just terrifying to me. No, it's good. I'm liking it. As, as... One of the half of the group that does not consider himself a writer. <laughs> it's mostly just terrifying to no, me. No, it's good. I like it. It's fun. I'll say the other three of you have done a very good job. I'm not <laughs> going to speak to my own quality one way or the other because I am not going to be a fair critic. I'm telling you it's good. Jenna's saying it's good. <laughs> I trust her more than me on these matters. Now that we've done a whole round, yeah. I am I am pleased with it. Cool. Uh, Y-E-E-R-K. That's how you spell Yerk. Indeed. I'm Alex. I'm Jenna. Mike is Oh, wait. Ups- and I'm Jenna. Shit. <laughs> and Mike is upstairs playing 
No Man's Sky. No Man's Sky. Mm-hmm.